For the time we share this morning, I want to lift the thought, it's my trial, but our testimony. It's my trial, but our testimony. In order to appreciate the depth of the writings of the Apostle Paul, one must back up to the book of Acts. That it is in the book of Acts that we find one by the name of Saul of Tarsus, who is known as a Jew of all Jews, trained in the best schools, but is a persecutor of the Lord's church. And in the process of him persecuting the Lord's church, on his way on the road of Damascus, with papers from the Roman government in his hands, that he would close down any church opened in the name of Jesus the Christ. He is knocked to the ground and has a conversion experience. This conversion experience leads Paul to be one of the greatest missionary pastor preachers of his day. That his writings are so profound and give so much direction that it is Paul, not Jesus. It is Paul, not Peter, James, and John. It is Paul who makes up half of the New Testament. That it is also in the book of Acts that we see that Paul was one who was never afraid to preach the gospel message. That Acts chapter 20 tells us that he was not much of a verbal preacher because he was kind of long-winded. Amen. The Bible says that Paul preached such a long and boring sermon one time that a man sitting in a house window fell asleep and fell out of the window. Amen. And Paul, in his divine wisdom, says, I'm not going to let this be the mark of my career. Paul left his pulpit, went down and laid on the man, and the man came back to, to life. And shortly after that particular incident in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, Paul makes up his mind to go to the township of Ephesus. And it is in Ephesus that Paul becomes distinctly clear that the gospel message is not just for the Jews, but it is also available to the Gentiles. That it is in Ephesus, where in the book of Acts, Paul begins to preach the gospel message of Jesus Christ and goes up against the sorcery and ancient Greek mythology 
goes up against Princess or Queen Diana, and he begins a riot and is then placed in jail. That it is from a Roman jail that Paul pins the book of Ephesus, the book of Ephesians. He, he pins this particular writing to the saints gathered in Ephesus because there are questions about salvation. Because there are many who have grown up under the Greek understanding that in order to obtain mercy from a god or Greek goddess, you must first put in some work. Y'all hear me today? That they cannot understand how the gospel is free without having to work for it. That's why Paul opens up the book of Ephesians by letting them know that this gift of salvation on your best day, you couldn't work to earn it. That on your best day, when you've decided that you are not going to allow the enemy to get next to you or under your skin, you could not work to obtain salvation. Paul says it's not by works in which we are saved, but it's by grace, through faith, that it's available unto us free of charge, but it's going to cost you something. That it's available at any point in your life, no matter how low you are, the grace of God is always available. But it's going to cost you having to do away with your old mind and coming up with a new, renewed mind through faith in Jesus Christ. That anybody who spent any time with the Lord realizes that there are some things in this life that you just won't understand. And that's where your faith is going to have to kick in. Paul says it's not through works but it's through grace and our faith in which we are saved. But it is now in verse or in chapter number three of the book of Ephesians that Paul begins to lay out the landscape of his ministry. That this particular landscape, Brother Tobias, is rooted in what Paul calls in Ephesians chapter three the mystery of Jesus Christ. And if you and I are true with ourselves, we will have to admit that God's choosing to save sinners like you and I is truly a mystery. When we start to evaluate how worldly we once were and how worldly even after salvation we can sometimes be salvation does become a mystery because you will wonder why out of all of the other folks for God to choose why would he save a sinner like me 
that's what Satan uses to keep us from experiencing the full joy of our salvation. That Satan uses our doubt within our own selves to make us doubt the, uh, the uh, genuineness of our salvation. Paul helps us with that in the book of Romans and tells us that, that all of us are saints with sinner problems. Y'all don't hear me, amen. Uh, all of us still have some sinner tendencies, amen. But Paul says, thanks be unto Jesus Christ, who even in my wretchedness and even in my wretchedness saves me from my own self. Paul declares in Ephesians chapter 3 that this is a, a mystery, Brother Maudrice, that how God will take a sinner and turn that sinner inside out. And not only turn that, inner, that sinner inside out, but he will allow that same sinner to use their sinner testimony in order to win other sinners so that they can come out of the world. Yeah, that's, that's the foolishness of the gospel, of how God chooses to use not, not angels, but God chooses to use messed up folks who know that they are messed up. And they use their mess up in order to win people to a God who's able to clean them up. That's why Paul says in verse number eight, this grace has been afforded unto me. A person who is the least of all sinners. That if I take up my sin inventory, I've done everything in the book in order for God not to want to save me. But Paul says what kicks in in salvation, Brother Hawkins, is, is not myself, but it's something called grace. That God knows who I am through and through. But he still decides to bless me with his grace. And we've come to understand grace as God's unmerited favor. That is something that God gives that he doesn't have to give. But he gives it anyways because grace is what makes God God. Help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. Paul says, I'm, I'm, I'm the chief. I'm the least of all saints. This grace has been given unto me, not so that I can show it off in front of folks who make me think they have it all together, but he has saved me so that he can take me to a group of people who these Jews think that they have it all together, don't want to have anything to do with. Because back in Paul's day, if you were a Gentile, they left you out of the promise. Because Gentiles were only known by one physical 
characteristic, and that was circumcision. And the Jews were telling the Gentiles, because you all won't follow our rules about circumcision, you cannot be saved. But Paul says, God is going to use me, the least of all the saints, to be able to go to a people who nobody else wants to fool with. And as you go through your God-given spiritual gift evaluation, don't get so caught up in trying to measure up to folks who won't even measure themselves by the rules they hold you to. Y'all don't hear me today. But even in all of our sinful selves, God has some people or somebody who he wants to use us to win them to Jesus Christ. So even if folks down at the church don't receive you, your ministry, your ministry may not be to folks who think they have it all together, but your ministry might just be to someone who needs to be introduced to Jesus the Christ. Help me, Holy Ghost. Paul tells them, the reason why God has saved me, the reason why God saves anybody, is in verse number 10. Paul says, it's not, we ought not get so hung up about trying to preach to each other. When, when you turn on the TV, there are a whole lot of folks who need to hear something about Jesus. Don't, 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 don't try to measure yourself up to Adrian Chester. Because God says there's somebody else in the world who he wants to use you to make his gospel, his gospel known. Because now God has saved us in verse number 10 to the intent that now unto the, the principalities, and the powers in, in heavenly places might be known by the church manifold, the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God. The Paul says that there, there are some places that are waiting on you to show up. And if you don't show up with godly wisdom, they'll continue acting like the devil. That if you don't show up and reveal, if you don't go to your job and you be the one who knows the Lord, that everybody in the job, on the job, going to hell. And Paul says, God wants to use you so that you can make manifest the wisdom that has been given unto you so that you can share it, share it with others. But there's a contradiction, Brother Rodney, because Paul closes this particular text, our scripture reading in verse number 13, with a with a tension-filled statement. 
Because remember, Paul is not writing this letter to the Christians at Ephesus from the comfort of his pastor's study. Paul is writing this letter from a dark, cold Roman prison. And the people in Ephesus, they know that Paul is in jail. Not only is he in jail, but he's on lockdown. He's in the, you know what, you know, folks who know something about jail, solitary confinement, amen. You know, but you know, you know, I don't call it, I call it the hole, amen. He, you know, the hole. He's in solitary confinement to such a degree that 24 hours out of every day, Paul is chained not only to the wall, but he is also chained to a Roman guard. Y'all hear me today? That for 24 hours out of every day, Paul is chained to a wall, and he's also chained to a Roman guard. And in the midst of his body being in chains, he says that the gospel must be preached. And he tells the children at Ephesus and also at Philippi that although my body is shackled, my soul is free. <laughs> And just because I'm on lockdown 24 hours a day, the gospel must be preached. And preached to the degree that Paul says that if I can't come to you all, I'll just write you. And Paul understood that in him writing these letters, his confinement was an opportunity for evangelism. That as we, as we talk about this particular topic, it's my trial, but our testimony. That Paul gives us clear insight that no matter what the circumstance, when you are a believer for Jesus the Christ, every situation you are faced with is an opportunity for you to win someone for the cause of Jesus Christ. Which helps me, Brother Marjorie, understand that when I'm going through, it ain't about me. That when I'm between a rock and a hard place, it's not about me. But God is only using my trial so somebody else can see me going through and they can watch God bring me out and my trial will turn into somebody else's testimony. Y'all don't hear me today. That when God saves us, he does not save us to be exempt from trial and trouble. But God saves us so that we can be a billboard for somebody else who except they see us go through, 
they will never know what faith in God can do. That's why Andre Crouch was led to sing the song, Through It All. I've learned how to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned how to trust in God. Because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that I had a God who could solve them. Hey! Paul says, Paul realizes that these spiritually immature Christians at Ephesus could be distracted by his imprisonment. He realized that it could have played out just like that classic scene on my favorite movie, Friday. <laughs> that classic scene, I watched it this morning before church, amen. I didn't watch Friday, I watched the scene, amen. Did you remember that classic scene when um, uh, Smokey, Craig, and uh, Debo were up on the porch and Debo had Deboed Red's bike. Y'all remember that? Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the movie. Hey, Amen. It's on, it's, it's on Fire Stick. Go, go, go watch the movie. That, that Debo had Deboed Red's bike. And instead of Red addressing the situation himself, Red went and got his daddy. Y'all remember that? And Red and Red's daddy drove up to Craig's house. And Red said, hey, Debo, you know, I want my bike. And Debo was like, you know, what bike? He said, that bike that y'all playing with up on the porch, right? And so Debo turns around, and uh, uh, after he turns around, he turns back around and knocks Red up in the air. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that scene, right? And then Smokey comes over and says what Smokey said, right? You know, you know. I can't say what Smokey said in church, amen, you know. And so at that moment, Red's daddy got out of the car, and Debo asked Red's daddy, who was Red Fox, said, you want some of this too, old man? And Red Fox said, no. <laughs> that Paul realized that sometimes, when we see other folks going through, we sometimes run from what caused them to go through. Do y'all hear me? And Paul realized that since because they were fairly young Christians, that if they knew he was in jail for the gospel, they would not want to take up the gospel. And so he has to encourage them in my last point. He says, now wherefore? I desire that you do not become faint because of what y'all see me going through. I don't want y'all to get discouraged because of what y'all see me going through. I don't want you all to run away from the faith, but I want you to know that if you stand up for God, you will face trial and tribulation. 
But John 16 tells me that I shouldn't be worried about that. Because Jesus says in this life, you will face trial and tribulation. But be of good cheer. For I have already overcome the world. Oh, hallelujah. Paul says, I don't want y'all to get discouraged. And there is always, as human beings, when we see people who, have, who are faithful, who are just in their dealings, when we see them going through, we sometimes make up in our subconscious mind that we're going to do the complete opposite. Because I see where it got them. I see what trying to do was right. And we all see it every day. When you see folks who you know good and well don't bother nobody. And they still have to go through hell and high water. When you see folks who you know down in your heart are trying their best to do right, sometimes there's the temptation to go in the other direction. But Paul says, I don't want y'all to be distracted because of where y'all see me right now. But I want you to know that God is going to use what I'm going through right now. He's going to use my tribulation to be your glory. He's going to use what I'm going through to be your testimony. He's going to use my hardship to be that faith foundation that you stand and declare. I know what faith in God can do. I know that faith in God will see you through. So my brothers and sisters, I, I just stopped by, stop by to tell you, it may be your trial right now, but God is going to use what you're going through to bless somebody else. God is going to use what you're going through and how you are going through it to be a blessing to somebody else. That what you're going through, it ain't about you. It's about God getting the glory through you for somebody else. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Of God, why me? Paul helps us tell us that God is going, God chooses you. Because he knows that you have influence with some people who may not know him. And as they watch you go through, and how you go through, they will be able to point back well, if God did it for such and such, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll do it for me. Paul says, I don't want you to become faint. I don't want you to get tired. I don't want you to get frustrated. I don't want you all to throw in the towel because my trial, my tribulation, is your glory.
That word glory is translated into what we have today. Is this going to be your salvation? That what I'm going through, God is going to help me help you be saved. That God is going to use me as your personalized billboard. So you can watch me go through this thing, but the way you see me going through it. So Paul closes out chapter 3 saying the same way I went into it. Pay close attention. Because how you see me now, once God gets through with me, once God gets me through this, how you saw me in it, is not how I'm coming out of it. Oh, that's why the songwriter says, don't give up on God, because God won't give up on you. There's some folks who may count you out while you're going through right now, but just let them walk away. God is going to send you some folks to watch you come out of this. Hey, hey. That I can't miss a friend that I never had. That's the same testimony that Jesus had. As he stood for righteousness and for the cause of righteousness, even his closest of friends walked away from him. The disciples who they said, we're going to be here forever, they walked away from him. They didn't realize that after Friday, Sunday had to come. <laughs> they didn't realize that while he was down, he was yet to be out. And that same power that Jesus possessed. That crucifixion, the power over crucifixion, but that power for glorious resurrection, it's available to all of us. But there are just some things we, we must go through. There's some things as a believer we must go through. We've got to go through it so we'll have a testimony for somebody else. And realizing, Rodney, this thing is not about me but it's what God is using me to do for somebody else. The invitation is extended.